Good morning and welcome to Friday morning, August the 11th in 2023 on When I Rise. Today we come to the end of year A, proper week 14, which is the 11th Sunday after Pentecost. And on the Friday of the week, we'd like to take a look at the gospel passage, which comes to us in this week from the Revised Common Lectionary, in this week of the church's calendar year. And so we find ourselves back in the gospel of Matthew, Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 through 33. So let me read that passage, provide a couple points for reflection. And then we'll spend our time praying along the theme that we find there. Thanks for making us part of your morning and when I rise. Let's allow our souls to rise and meet God together in a time of prayer. Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 through 33. Immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side where he dismissed the crowd. After he dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, Tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and, beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You have little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. This is the word of God for us. All right, so this is a well-known story, and so it's good to affirm what we know and then maybe look for something that we haven't seen quite before. And so what can we know is that uh, Jesus shows his um, extraordinary might and power over all creation in the story, uh, the, the I am that's mentioned here when he... Um, chats with his disciples is kind of an important feature of it, right? Uh, Because it's a hint and an echo towards uh, the I am that uh, Moses gets back in Exodus chapter 4. And uh, we do know that um, the Jews had this interesting belief that the sea was the place where evil resided because these storms would wash ashore and they would cause destruction. There's other parts of the Hebrew Bible, the Old Testament, where monsters are in the sea. And so there was like this general impression that the sea was the place where like evil was localized. We'll note that at the very end of Revelation, as John is illustrating what the kingdom of heaven is going to be like, he explicitly says there will be no sea. And so we, got, we need to have that lens as we read this story. So Jesus is walking on these waters. I mean, obviously when the disciples see him for the first time, they think he's a ghost. So there's great fear that seizes them. And so it's not um, darkness or evil that's coming up from the waters, but it's Jesus himself. And so in narrative theological form like this is a story of how evil is tamed and it's put in its place. Um, And so that's something I think that we can hold on to. The interaction between Peter and Jesus is interesting. Uh, on the one hand, like don't we admire Peter for wanting to experiment and wanting to see if he could follow Jesus out on the waters, and and he gets to. But when fear uh, gets into his heart and his mind, he begins to sink, and Jesus catches him. I like the way that the 2011 NIV renders that he catches him because uh, Peter is certainly going to sink. So I got a couple of the big books off the shelf, and 
they recognize that something could be going on here in this story. That we, we tend to read the story as a triumph, right? Uh, the disciples are, you know, they're in a boat and there's a storm and there's they're afraid of the storm and they're afraid of this like ghost, you know, now God that they know walking on the waters. And this interaction with Peter and Jesus seems to be heartwarming, right? Uh, a close encounter with God, uh, Peter has here. But some scholars note that uh, Peter's question, if it's really you, is quite similar to what uh, Satan began to say, like the sentence structure, the question structure, uh, and the temptation narrative back in uh, Matthew chapter 4. And it's not far from here when um, where Peter is going to get out of line and Jesus rebukes him and says, get behind me, Satan, right? And so uh, perhaps Matthew is doing something here uh, where he's not saying, look at how triumphant Peter is in this moment. But he's saying, no, Jesus is working on Peter for quite some time. Uh, he's going to work on him here in the boat in the midst of a storm. He's going to work on him uh, whenever Peter stumbles this great confession about who Jesus is, the Christ, the Son of the living God. He's going to also um, reach out to Peter and shape Peter when he gets out of line. And Jesus has to rebuke him and say, hey, these words don't come from you. Uh, they don't come from my father, which they did before when you confessed me as Messiah. These words come from Satan. So perhaps this is a picture of what uh, just, you know, raw discipleship looks like. Um, And this is not to give us a negative image of ourselves, but at the end of the day, discipleship is about conforming us into the image of Jesus. It's taking us who were enemies of God, as the New Testament says, those who have wandered away, those who continue to stumble. And uh, God doesn't seem to be content with us just learning some new data uh, about religion or about attending at a more frequent uh, clip to worship on Sunday morning. But it's to but it's to bring into submission all the rogue parts of us that are out of line and that are misshapen for his kingdom in the days ahead. And so I think what we have here in this uh, walking on the water narrative is an opportunity to be shaped by God. Um, what we can prize Peter for is that he decided to speak up. He decided to put himself out there. It may have confronted the great courage, as some would render the story, or it may have confronted something wayward within him. But nevertheless, Peter put himself out there. And I think that's maybe the the point of the story, is that we could be like the nameless, faceless uh, other disciples in that boat who are just, you know, one voice in a crowd, a group think. Or we could be like Peter and uh, we could, you know, push ourselves away from the group and to be solitarily noticed and say, God, I don't want you just to work in the church. I just don't want you to work in my generation. I don't just want to work um, in uh, my family's life. I want you to work in my life. That's a gutsy confession. It's a gutsy confession to bring ourselves into the light and say, I know that there are parts of me that are wayward and I'm not content with them staying that way. I'm asking God for you to do a new work within me. And so perhaps you and I would follow Peter's lead today as we allow our souls to rise and meet God, um, that we'll put ourselves out there. And it may lead to us sinking a bit. It may lead to tear in our hearts because of, of a mistake that we've made or that we might make soon. But nevertheless, we're going to be in, in the clasp of our God who's able to continue to shape and form us into the people that he wants us to be. So with those things in mind, let's spend some time praying to our God this morning. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we thank you for the lifelong journey of change that we 
are on because we've embraced Christ and we thank you that you're not going to give up on your work. You're not going to give up on us until that work is totally completed. You're working within the universe and you're also working within the universe that we have within all of us. And so we just acknowledge that there are parts of us that have been transformed and changed. And because of that, uh, we rejoice because of that transformation in our lives. We also confess that there are still things within us that are rogue, that are out of alignment and out of uh, the joy of your life and your kingdom. And so for those places of our life, we know that it's worth stepping out from the crowd and from our obscurity into the light of your goodness and presence and asking you once again to work in our lives. And so this day, may each of us take a step. May you give us the grace to do so. And may we find comfort and not judgment as we place ourselves once again into your care. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.